What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with people with 99 problems and people with 99 ways to solve them. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get big facted. Let's get no capping. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Well, we're on the topic of the letter H. What's up with British people saying H? What are we like PBS now, or what is it? What is the <laughs> what, what are the shows that have like a letter of the Sesame day? Sesame Street. <laughs> this is Sesame Street bullshit. Uh, I agree with you though. Whenever one of my favorite YouTubers talks about wrestling, he talks about the wrestler Triple H, and he calls him Triple H. I'm like, come on, man, that's not that wasn't the intention. You're making him sound all goofy. I also feel like that's a name, so you should say it how he said. You know what uh, I mean? Uh, you know, good parlay today. Today's uh, thing: people who call it JZ. JZ, that's so funny. <laughs> Australians and uh, UK people in the chat calling him JZ, but um. Yeah, no, I guess I generally agree with your point. You're supposed to, what is it, say it in, like, the source form or say it in the, uh, as yeah. a person intended? Like, I you know, like, so. Kamala or Kamala? Okay, 007. He's British, right? Why is he not double not seven? You son of a bitch. <laughs> He's had to keep asking questions. <laughs> He's couldn't leave well enough alone. Point not not one. It, but is is it an American franchise that has a British spy, or is it a British franchise? Uh, it's a British franchise written by a British man living in Jamaica. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. What's his name? Ian Fleming? Oh, I had no idea. Was living in Jamaica when he wrote the books, I think. In a very, like, 1900s, like, colonialism sort of way, living in Jamaica. Oh, I imagined, yeah. Wait, uh, James Bond's are books? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learn something every day. I don't. I pretty much know most things. <laughs> that, that tracks. So what's Damn, up? What, what are we talking what, wait, about? Wait, what else is a book then? What, like Chronicles of Narnia? Are those movies a book? Is Harry Potter a book? Is Great Gatsby a book? No. Okay. Passion of the Christ? <laughs> All my favorite movies and franchises? You're gonna tell me it was a book? Well, I mean, all these things are books, but they made them after the movies, like where they put the actor on the front and they like put out the script as a book. Mm-hmm. Famous Mike Kaplan joke about looking at a Fight Club cover with the uh, with the movie thing on it and being like, "Oh, Brad Pitt's in this book." <laughs> Famous joke with everybody, not just me and you. Why would that be? I don't think that's me and you. I think that's uh, mostly a me thing. Fair enough. Of this podcast, I meant. Mm. I don't think you're a big Mike head. Hey, hey, hey! That's because ev- all his real fans know he- we're called Kaplomaniacs. Kaplomaniacs. <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, yeah. What's uh, what's been going on with you, Paul? To be honest, not much. Uh, recovering from the sickness everybody heard last week. Can I ask you a question? Did you talk to Phil? How did he feel about you really casting him as a Hobson stan? I think he accepted it. He accepted it. Man, that's the five stages of being a Hobson fan. It does end with acceptance. <laughs> he just said, I wish you hadn't made it. See, I wish you hadn't have used uh, present tense as much and more of a past tense thing. <laughs> All right, and I was well, like, let's last, add that correction last time in. You were on the Phil show. doesn't like Hobson anymore. He's a changed man. I think that's good. Overall. Still loves Tom McDonald, though. Well, that makes sense. That guy has bars. Yeah. White. 
boy. White boy. Cops are so cool. It's like going to school. Except I didn't like school because I'm kind of a bad boy. You tool. Is that a good impression of Tom McDonald? Do we, do we got Harry Mack on them? Yeah, Harry Mack in the <laughs> Harry Mack in the building? Give me five words. <laughs> Imperial Japan. <laughs> I still want to have Phil back for a Harry Mack episode. You really, yeah, that was, that's a sad one that got lost to the archives to the sand of times. <laughs> Did anything else of interest happen to you? How are your breaks? Still not fixed. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes a Runo. How does it drive? Um, scarily. <laughs> but, but Eric, we're going to fix it up today. We're going to fix it up today. We have a plan. Um, it was definitely an emotional roller coaster where at the end of the first day, I was like, yeah, I made a huge mistake. I'm probably just going to have to get it fixed by a professional anyways. And then after doing some more research, I came back up to the, uh, yeah, I think we got this. So this is a bit of a media roundup. Somebody posted on Twitter, this video of Bo Burnham. It's like, Bo Burnham eviscerates joe rogan's whole career and it's like a video of bo burnham doing a fake podcast where it was himself oh like, it's from his outtakes yeah yeah so that clip was posted to twitter and i watched it it feels like a critique of joe rogan by somebody who's never watched joe rogan because a really good critique of joe rogan that's similar is definitely tim heidecker's 11 hour podcast <laughs> where he actually like just does the whole joe rogan thing it's just 11 hours of tim being like yeah man if you really think about it it's kind of like this. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm an atheist, but I believe in God. <laughs> I think that's one of the highlights from it. I know. It's just like in comparison, how incredibly he did that for 11 hours of improv with two other comedians whose names I should learn because they did a great job too. To um, be fair, it was one hour that was looped 11 times. Oh, uh, you see, that's I, I skipped to random parts in the video and I was like, oh my God, he's still yeah. going. So yeah, I actually, Pierce and I are talking about that because I think, uh, I, I, you know what? Not trying to make enemies on this podcast, but Pierce I don't want to offend me. Bo Burnham. But what he did was complete shit in comparison to what Tim Heidecker did, as far as critique. Well, it's 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 just it's been done before. That exact video, that exact premise has been done before, and Bo didn't add anything to it. And it didn't feel uh, like he had any interesting insights. It really felt like he's never watched Joe Rogan. He's watched other people yeah. make fun of Joe Rogan. It's like Joe Rogan is mockable, but like you should at least understand what makes him absurd. A little bit But more. the preface to this is that I knew, because Pierce talked about it, but also I kind of had an inkling that Pierce was going to watch all of the one hour of outtakes. I kind of skipped through it, but he told me that, like, a secret pleasure, a guilty pleasure, like, 11th uh, out of his 10 best albums from the year was uh, Bo Burnham's album from his special. And I said that that was the most white-ass, honky-ass, cracker-ass shit I've ever heard. <laughs> but so I knew he was going to watch it, and we talked about it, and I was sending him my thoughts as I was skipping around it. And I was like, yeah, the podcast bit really fell flat for me. I think he told me that. I told him that my favorite joke from the outcast was he do, he did a lot of like banners and like ads and like fake ads. And one of the banners that said, uh, child therapy now payable via crypto make it to your appointments and earn rewards to get Fortnite skins or something like that. That's, that's pretty and I, funny. I, thought, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I, I like Bo Burnham. I think he's fine. I think uh, throughout I his career. Too. And I even of, enjoyed Inside. There's something. I think there is something about how much people attach to that album, especially in like the white grad student circles. The that level I'm in, of meaningfulness like, when it's like, these are actually yeah. like pretty tepid common points like the whole instagram white girl thing it's like that's out of 2009 like who's even making that point anymore you know what's funny is that uh, that's probably my favorite song <laughs> but mainly just because i think the whole second half got like a little like yeah it's one of those things where i was like yeah i could see how for like a 16 year old white person this would be like a really breakthrough <laughs> like monumental thing for them but for me it was kind of like yeah 
Yeah. FD Signifier has a really good uh, video about that if you want to check it out, about uh, white liberal existential dread. It's the same thing as like Bojack Horseman to me, I guess, in a way where it's like the quality and the jokes are all there, but something about the emotional heft falls flat. Mm. But still, a fan. Bo, if you want to come on the podcast, you're uh, welcome. Obviously he does. He's been reaching out. He's been begging. We're not going to do a third segment where we bring up all of your old problematic jokes. Definitely not kind of in the ethos of this show. <laughs> To try and cancel you. We're not that Showtime show that Adrian brought up last time where a girl tries to cancel people. Oh, yeah, Z-Way. We're not Z-Way. Anyways, so th- I think that's all I had to say about that. Do you want to get into the uh, theme of Runo for today? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So if you're keeping track, and I'm sure all of you are, and you have it written on your calendar, next week is episode 100 of Big Facts No Cap, not counting the re-releases, not counting the bonus apps, which means that today's episode is episode 99. And so Paul and I decided to do a theme, 99 Problems. Yep. But this episode ain't one. Oh, it, ooh. ooh. Good tag, good tag. Keep it rolling, keep it rolling. Yeah, so Paul, the song 99 Problems by JZ. Thoughts, opinions? Yeah, I won't harp on it too much because I know this is an unpopular opinion. Never been the biggest Jay-Z fan. Uh, but that's a good song. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's good I feel like I, did, I, I wouldn't have expected you to like the kind of rap rock um, aesthetic of it. I think the reason it's a good song is is because it's one of those things that, like, enters your brain through, like, osmosis through the culture rather than, like, through you listen to hip-hop and then, like, slowly discovered it. You know what I mean? Like, it's referenced and played so often in other contexts that you just kind of are like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good little story, a good little concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second verse, which you already mentioned, is clearly the one that sticks in everybody's brain the most, like... Why'd you pull me over? Because I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low. Like, that's just like, something about that line is like, it's one of those brain worm lines where you're always like, God yeah. damn. Am I under arrest? I, have, I didn't actually listen to it before, so I don't remember the speeds, but what is it where the cop's it, voice well, is it like, it doesn't make any sense. In a 64. In a 64. And there's no, no speed limit is 64. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone's made that joke before. The rhyme uh, definitely works better than 66 in a 65, which is an actual speed limit. Yeah. You could have just said you were going six. Well, I guess it makes they, the whole point is them being nitpicky about it. So you couldn't just be like you were doing sixty five in a fifty. Anyways, yeah, no, no, no speed limit ends at four. Yeah, no speed limit ends at four. <laughs> the reason, so I'm not a big Jay Z fan either. I think he's fine, but uh, I'm just not. A, I'm not a real old head like that. The reason why I know this song and the reason why the second verse sticks out to me is because it's the only one that I've heard because it is on. Jay-Z's collaboration album with Linkin Park where they mash their songs together and the only f- verse that makes it into that mashup song is the second verse. Mm. Uh, famously, Mike Shinoda takes the place of the police officer, I believe, in that one. Doing the, we were doing 65 in the 6... Uh, he's the rapper guy. He's the Japanese rapper dude from Linkin Park. Oh, gotcha. The one who ended up going on to make uh, Fort Minor. See, Paul, this is... You're not in the rap rock space, man. You can't... Don't, don't, don't lie about your credentials, man. What are you talking about? I love Ice-T's metal albums. You love the Beastie Boys? I love them. Adrian, excuse me, I think we did a whole episode on MGK's punk album, okay? And you think I don't like rap rock. Mm. Yeah, so anyways, yeah, when I was younger, before I got really into hip-hop, Linkin Park was like the most rapping that I listened to. So that little like collision course album with Jay-Z, along with like the little documentary that they put together... The first album that I ever bought was Linkin Park's Meteora, and the way that I bought it is when I was playing soccer as a kid, 
My dad would give me $1 if I scored a goal, $5 if I scored a header, and $10 if I scored from a corner kick. And I was able to very quickly raise up the $13 to get Meteora because I was I was I was I was a real I was a real good soccer player until uh I stayed the same size and all the fields got bigger and all the other players got bigger. <laughs> and you quickly found out that the other team would throw the game for five dollars, so you could make a quick profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just started betting on the other <laughs> the other team. <laughs> anyway, so that was like my introduction to that song, and that's why I know it and why I only know the one verse from it. I don't think I've actually ever listened to the whole song all the way through. But produced by the uh, you know, infamous Rick Rubin. Um a smash hit from the blackout. I think he's just regular Femis. Yeah, you're right. I guess I forget. It's kind of like uh, when I say notorious about things, right? I, I use it as a connotation that's more neutral than I think most people. But <laughs> the famous, uh, the Femis, uh Rick Rubin. I guess I think I read an article once about how he, more than anybody, is to blame for like music just getting louder and louder. Like something from the 90s to 2000s called like the sound war or the, uh, uh, the deep decibel war. Forget whatever it is, but like. Just where producers and... We lost so many good men in the Decibel War. <laughs> producers and, yeah, yeah, uh, people who mastered records were slowly just making them louder and louder. Mm. And I think the article took a pretty negative view on his impact in that. Damn. I don't think that's his legacy, though. I don't think it's his legacy either, but I just wanted to give you an out that's for some calling him in, hard work. That's, I'm, that's I'm some real Chris Hardwick. That's... Uh, I'm trying to give you Some an real... Out. Some real Chris Hardwick, uh, what lens did you use? Like, Rick Rubin's uh, legacy is going to be about his mastering techniques and how much compression he used on the audio. <laughs> what, what sort of lens do you use, Adrian? Let's talk lenses. I just love lenses. Are you like a wide focus lens? Do you use like a DB150? Use a Canon H8? What sort of lens are you into? I use contact lenses. Convex or concave? I think they only work one way. I don't know which one. It's what which. sort of lens do you use? Are you a convex guy? Uh, we're off topic already. What's the theme? Uh, 99, 99 problems. problems. Is this going to start a new trend? It seemed second episode in a row where the theme is a song we thought of. I don't think it's a trend that should last. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've talked before about how eventually the themes are just going to end up being like the pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> we have to figure out an episode based on that. <laughs> a rose by any other name is just as sweet or whatever. Wait, aren't there, like, a lot of, like... There's definitely a lot of references in hip-hop, right? We should have uh, looked that up, to be honest. Also, from the reading the Wikipedia page about it, I told Paul about this earlier, but apparently it's originally from Ice-T, and even then, Ice-T took it from one of the guys in 2 Live Crew. Ice-T later released a 99 Problems song, trying to reclaim the fact that he was the first one to say it, because Jay-Z sampled him saying it in a song. I got 99 Problems, and the Jay-Z sample is one. Give it back, man, it's mine. I said it. Is it Open Mike Eagle, or is it someone else who has the, like, if you got 99 problems, that's too many, or something like that? Yeah, no, it definitely is. 99 problems was a damn good summer song. If you got more than, like, three, then something's wrong. Yeah, it's like whenever you hear a rapper say, like, I'll, I'll die for my blank, I'll ride for my, like, that sort of refrain. I can't count how many songs I've heard that in. I guess it would be cool to figure out what the, like, original reference is to. I put on for my city. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the essence of hip-hop is borrowing and taking it and making it your own. Isn't it so funny when somebody takes issue with that because they don't listen to a lot of hip-hop and they're just like... They Brother, I'm telling you, man, I was super into this one girl I was talking to in undergrad, and then we got into a big argument because she thought sampling was stealing and stupid, and I was like, it's the it's the basis of all of hip-hop <laughs> is sampling, yeah. and I couldn't get that across to her. But it's okay when Disney makes the 15th Iron Man movie. 
Yeah. Because they own, because it's really about property law. It's about who owns what. That's what makes something good or not good. That's not exactly how my argument went, but <laughs> I appreciate your perspective. I get that. I think my point is that like building off of something else is a perfectly valid way to make art, but it's so funny that people think it's valid if you own the intellectual property, but not if it's... You know what I mean? Because it's not like the director... because oh, that's the stealing aspect of it or whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's I think not that like is the director the of most Hollywood sequels is the same director as the original. They just let somebody yeah, else play yeah. off of the concept of the original. I think it falls into two camps, which is the it's stealing and then the uh, it's not creative. And I think it's crazy to me. And I'm like, it that you can listen to certain samples listen to where the original came from and not realize how much vision it took to be like, oh, I can take this snippet right here and make it into this. Yeah. Like, it, it takes so much creativity. Well, even also... just, even straight samples, like um, Mick Jenkins' jazz, like taking that fr- and then just putting it as is and then making the beat over it still has such a nice creative eye to it for like knowing what, what sounds good. It definitely has an air also of like electronic music isn't music because, you know, nobody had to play an instrument to produce a mm. beat with a sample. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, composition, I guess, isn't the same as making music instrumentally, but it's a different sort of way that, whatever, who cares? That's not the theme of this episode. Yeah, yeah. The theme is 99 Problems, and I think we're, yeah, maybe like a minute or two out from probably needing to get into articles, but any any last uh, things you want to say about 99 Problems? Would it be a boring thing to point out that technically all the things in his video are problems? He just, I guess what he's saying is, I've got these problems that are bitches but i i handle them mm-hmm. yeah it's not a problem if you uh if you if you solve it remember that era of comedy and I, i'm not gonna like diss these people for starting it because i think aziz had some really funny bits on hip-hop lyrics and stuff but like after oh, i hate it oh you hate them yeah okay but like after aziz ansari and donald glover sort of did their oh wait no hannibal burris did the bit on on what 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 are you what are you stand like uh burn shit kill people fuck school or whatever fuck school yeah, yeah yeah it's like what are you standing on fuck school that seems way less intense than the last two things uh like that's just truancy after that it feel it became like a bit of a trend to do like uh, isn't this hip-hop lyric crazy well like, hannibal leaned into it too he kept doing a bunch more of those yeah and it's pretty lazy comedy to be honest with you and yeah I, I could see somebody doing that about 99 problems. Like, Jay, those are problems getting pulled over the, by the police. Wait, you don't think that's a problem? Mm. I mean, I, we technically did that earlier when I made the, we made the joke about the 55 and the 54. <laughs> True. And over the phone, we made the joke about how he's talking about, you know, a, he wouldn't smash a grape in a fruit fight. <laughs> we were like, that's, that's not a thing. <laughs> a fruit fight. But I think I take issue with it when it's a part of a scripted comedy hour. And at least Hannibal had the self-awareness to do them on stage but not put it in the special that he was touring for like actually recorded because i was like yeah pretty lazy to be like you ever hear this two chain songs where he talks about how he has this in the glove compartment it's like you're not supposed to have that in the glove compartment two chains come on now it's like yeah all right you want to get into articles my man yeah you're verse one right yeah all right verse one of the song is about first one of the song is about his critics which um like I said, I don't know. I don't know the timeline of Jay Z, but wasn't he? Uh, this, is this before he was like kind of just like universally lauded? Yeah, Jay Z. I'm not gonna lie. This maybe this is a bit of a hot take, but I just feel like Jay Z very much built his 
classics and legendary status not off people at the time thinking they were like the best thing ever but really like off of just being consistently popular and constantly reaffirming that his old stuff was classics just it seems like he really did a like the secret like he vision boarded it into existence <laughs> that like reasonable doubt was a classic I, d I don't get the sense when i go back to old media and see people talk about reasonable doubt that it was like at all discussed in those terms on release not nearly as good as reasonable drought okay so his first verse is about critics and how he doesn't like it when people criticize his music these people who are just little ninnies criticizing his music did you ever listen to that uh, Kendrick Lamar Tech Nine album or song about that? Uh no. What is it? Uh, is it Chopper? No, it's it's literally just a song. It, it's just a song about how sad they are when they get critiqued by critics. <laughs> I want to say it's a it's a Tech Nine song featuring Kendrick Lamar, which interesting combo. But you know, Tech Nine, you know, respect to him, man. He's a legend in the game. But yeah, it's literally just a song where they're like, people critique my music and I don't like it. I put my feelings into this music. Are you looking it up? No, I'm just, uh, I'll bring in some sample lyrics just so people get the idea of him saying that critics are rude. So Jay-Z in 99 Problems says, I've got the rap patrol on the gap patrol. Rap critics that say he's money cash hoes. Uh, later on in the verse, I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. Oh, let's do one of those comedians doing a bit on that. Jay, what, a little bit of your asshole isn't enough? You need them to kiss your whole asshole? What's that even yeah, mean? Pucker up. Got beef with the radio. I don't play they show. They don't play my hits. Well, I don't give a shit. I'm from rags to riches. I ain't dumb. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Okay, so in the theme of Jay-Z saying that he has 99 problems, but his critics ain't one, mm -hmm. I've brought in Poppy's advice column. This is advice on rude people. So this was a Tumblr advice column called Ask Poppy, P-O-P-P-Y, as in like poppy seed, not like Ola Poppy. Right. And uh, user Tony Pops one asked them, how do you deal with rude people? Paul, how do you, how do you deal with, uh, how do people deal with you? Man, that's mean though. You think I'm rude? I don't know. I think I'm sweet. I think if you're talking to Stephanie Tanner, she might bring out her uh, classic catchphrase talking to you. How rude. Oh, by the way, some background. Poppy Carlton is brother to Georgie. Wait, no, Georgie is the brother. Georgie and Poppy Carlton are brother and sister who are distantly related to the British royal family. So, yeah, these are two British royals, distant royals. Mm. And that's why the Tumblr now makes sense, called Almost Royal. That's their hook? Yeah. Oy, oy, oy. How do you deal with rude people? Oh, as a royal, you just get them murdered or something? I don't know. They're distantly related. I don't think they're murder and level. Mm. Get them blacklisted from their favorite supermarket. Is that the level of power that they hold? <laughs> well, who was the last rude person you talked to? Maybe this is bearing my soul a little too much to this podcast. Mm. But especially as a teenager, rude people really uh, ruined my day. Like if I met somebody who was like kind of mean to me, like I would think about it on repeat for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. I'm the same way. I think I've kind of gotten over that. But yeah, it was like a very Seinfeldian oh, thing where if somebody just like, I don't know, just like even a little aggressive with me in a store, like if a yeah. clerk, I was like, oh, hey, can I get some help? And they were like, I'm busy right now. And be like, I didn't mean anything by it, Jesus. 
Yeah, I have a real thing where like that just uh, makes me question like the the uh, uncaringness of this cold world. <laughs> uh, two stories though, I think I've told one of them, and the other one's someone else's story. But Paul F. Tompkins has a great story about how he went to the DMV once when he was like first moving to L.A. and how the person was just like really mean and like aggressive and annoying with him while they were like trying to tell him which forms to fill out. And the thing that he did is he just like looked at her and was like, "Are you mad at me?" And she was, she immediately just switched her like behavior where she was like, no, I'm not mad at you. I'm just, I'm, I'm busy with work and stuff like that. And she became a whole lot nicer. And I was like, I would never have the gall to say that something like that to somebody. But Paul, PFT has that charisma. Um, oh, but my other example about how just things that like stick with you when people are rude to you is, uh, when I was going into, uh, Trader Joe's during the pandemic. So I was living in Sacramento. Uh, the parking lot to get into Sacra, the Sacramento Trader Joe's, or at least one of them. Uh, there's like a weird thing where there's like, there's like a turning lane that looks like it should be a parking lane and then the regular road. And so while someone was in the parking thing that I thought was a parking lane, but actually trying to turn right, I cut them off and went into the Trader Joe's. And so the lady literally like tried to, she obviously, she was a white woman. So obviously she like knew what to do. She was like, let me figure out how to be a Karen about this. Uh, so she saw who I was. She followed me into the store. She came up like in a huff to me. And I literally was about to say, I, lady, I don't work here. I was like, I don't know you. Why are you coming up to me like this familiarly? And then she was like, did you see me when you cut me off? And I was like, oh, honestly, no, I couldn't tell that was like a turning lane. And she was like, you're a dickhead. And then she left. And I was like, damn, that's going to make me upset for the entire next two weeks. <laughs> Um, hey, it's a white woman in a Trader Joe's parking lot. That is exactly. I must say that's like the perfect uh, storm of their most powerful place. Yeah, I've never seen people. You know, you know like diplomatic immunity. <laughs> I think white women have diplomatic immunity at Trader Joe's parking lots. <laughs> she could have murdered me. <laughs> I like that Trader Joe's opens up a new store. They're like, how many square feet do we need to open up this store? And they're like. About 500, and, um, okay, how big's the area? Oh, about 550 square feet. Okay, that's enough room for the parking lot, that extra 50 square yeah. feet. There's a lot of memes about that. Um, but yeah, in terms, of, so in terms of that one, I just, um, went on with my day. Yeah. That's all I could do. I went on my, with my day, and I just spent the rest of the day thinking of what I could have said back to her. That is, a, that is a good way to answer rude people, is the shower comeback. Yeah. Hey, the jerk store. They said they were running out of you. I slept with your wife. <laughs> um, um, that reminds me, that story reminds me of the time I worked at Moe's. And this is one of those things where it like almost feels like there's a life lesson or like, a, what do you call it? Like a fable always has a... Uh, oh, a, a moral. A, a moral. fable. It feels like it almost has a moral, but it like definitely doesn't. But there was a woman who was upset at me because the ice machine was always broken. And she was upset that oh, there was yeah, no yeah. ice. So I went and refilled the ice. And then when I was done refilling the ice, and she was like really rude about it. I forget exactly what her wording was. I knew it at one point because it affected me so much at the time. But it was something like... She was like, listen here, fucko. Yeah, it was like literally like, I shouldn't have to wait as a customer. You can't treat me. Like, it's just oddly aggressive for such a small problem as like, I don't have ice in my drink. Mm. And so I go, I refill the ice. And then I'm like doing something else, like refilling the salsa station or something. And I hear her husband being rude and mean to her, like in public in a way that was definitely like mm. not an acceptable way to talk to somebody else. Like, hurry up. What's, what's going wrong or whatever, like to her, like just being aggressive and mean. And that always stuck with me as something that almost felt like a lesson. Like, you don't know what somebody else is going through. 
But I feel like that's not a good lesson for that because I don't think it gives her an out to be just mean the, to me. the, the key and peel skit about how it's the bully who's really open about his own trauma and that's why he bullies people. <laughs> it's like it was like literally something like that. I was like, if hey, hurt people hurt other people, <laughs> I guess that is the moral of it. But at the same time, it, it always felt like I think the wrong thing I took from it was ha- she's getting what she deserves, which I don't think is what you're supposed mm, to take from. That's so that. funny. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Alright, anything else with dealing with rude people? Uh, are there any things that you think that are rude that you don't care about as a, based on how we were raised or anything like that? Do you think like texting at the dinner table or something isn't rude? Or Oh yeah, this is too a royal, so almost certainly it's like, how do you deal with rude people? Like people who don't use the correct, who don't use their dessert fork. Mm. Well, like the phone at the table thing is that I only ever bring it up as a joke if I'm at a table and everyone else is all in their phone. <laughs> I'll be like, well, 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 these kids and their screens can't fucking take a break from them. That's always like a pretty veiled joke, though, of like, I want to talk to people. Please give me attention. Maybe for you. Also, when you're like just making one of those jokes, like, Charlie, man, I wish you wouldn't leave the lab. I would love to still work with you. I love you, man. How come you don't love me, man? And you're like, but it's just like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Rudeness. Let's uh, let's go ahead and read the answer. I think it's about that. You time. ever been to a Popeyes? <laughs> oh, because it's <laughs> ask Poppy. <laughs> no, because it's one of those like fast food places where like the way that Chick Fil A has the like everyone there is really nice. Oh uh, yeah, if you ask for something, they have to go. How many? What? Yeah, yeah. Everyone at Popeyes has like a, a stereotype of being really bad at uh, their service or whatever. Which I like. I like it better than the, uh, what is it? Like, my pleasure is what every Chick-fil-A person has to say. Yeah. Which is disgusting. Uh, we had a guy from my, uh, when I was working at the Hibachi Grill, who came over from Chick-fil-A and would say my pleasure when people asked him for stuff. And I was like, dog, that sounds gross. You How gotta stop saying did he fuck up that he had to make that transition? I think he wanted to have a job where he could, uh, smoke and do drugs and stuff on the, on the, on the clock. Oh, actually, yeah, that's a great choice. Yeah. Okay, Poppy replies, this is an excellent question. Top bops one. Is it? Is it? Most of the people one meets are rude. They get stroppy for no reason. Or they tell boring stories. Or they make too much eye contact. Not my top three rudest things people do. Uh, do you know what stroppy means? Have you ever run into that? As a, uh... No, that might be a Britishism. The best way to deal with a rude person is to tell them what's bothering you. Be very direct, not passive-aggressive. Ah, that's Paul F. Tompkins' answer. Maybe Poppy's onto something. Mm. They sh- that shouldn't be a problem for you, as you seem to get right to the point of things, asking for help without saying, Hello, Poppy, or how are you doing today? Which I don't mind, really. I'm fine. Everything's good. Oh, are we still talking about your problems? Anyway, this problem tends to sort itself out. Usually, after I tell someone about their rude behavior, they politely stop it. In fact, they almost always stop all behavior altogether and never have to deal with them again, which is fine. Because with computers nowadays, you don't need a lot of people around. Hashtag almost royal. Hashtag Poppy Carlton. Hashtag advice. Okay. This is odd. I don't know what the vibe of supposed to be. The weird intermission to just be like, are we still talking about this when it's like in the written form? I guess mm. they're really trying to throw some stank into it. Like some huffy puffy, I'm a royal and I don't have time for this sort of attitude. Mm. And then the whole thing about how whenever they talk to people, they don't want to have to ever deal with them again. I don't know. It, I think this might be one where the context of what these dear royals 
Poppy and Georgie Carlton's personalities are might play a lot into the Well, it's just Poppy that does it, right? The advice column, but it seems like they have, like, a lifestyle blog together. Oh. Do you think they deserve to be higher up on the, uh, on the throne list? Nah. Oh, here's a picture of Poppy and Georgie if you want to see. Yeah, none of their posts look super lavish. They look like people who dread, like, he's always wearing a, uh, little suit a vest like a a suit with a vest but like something that looks like it was rented from a men's warehouse not like an actual royal suit yeah so it definitely seems like they're pretty distantly related and putting on a vibe oh bbc america is the one who made the show almost royals oh she made a song they made a song called almost royals and bbc america posted it it seems very clear that the uh, royal family doesn't answer their phone calls. It seems very clear. Yeah. Um, all right, you ready to get into my column? I am, buddy. Should we uh, do the chorus during the intermission between our articles, or just go straight to verse two? <laughs> I think we're good going straight to verse yeah. All right. Verse two, famously him getting stopped by the cops. Uh, Jay-Z's uh, been on record saying that kind of the interpretation of this verse is that you know, not only is the cop wrong for being racist, but also he's wrong, obviously, for having the drugs in his car. So it's a two-way street, but that certainly doesn't Has solve Jay-Z the cop. Has Jay-Z actually said that? That must have been before he got, like, woke in his career. The other thing that I remember about it, or not that I remember about it, but that I looked up about it today, is that apparently there's at least two published articles of lawyers lawyers uh, analyzing whether or not uh, Jay-Z is correct in his interpretation of the law <laughs> uh, in this <laughs> in this verse. Where they're like cool, you know, like Shakespeare is a rapper type uh, professors. It's that type of professor who's like, you can actually learn a lot about search and seizure laws and like traffic laws and like uh, reasonable, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever you call it, laws and like, uh, you know, search laws or whatever from Jay-Z's verse. Uh, we can dissect what's right and what's wrong about it to figure out how to learn. And Academics need to be stopped, man. This episode's doing a pivot. It's no longer about 99 problems. It's about <laughs> how academics... Need to be fucking stopped. Um, alright. So, obviously, it has something to do with policing, so maybe we could do a little policing article, I thought. This is from Bad Advice from the Establishment. We have brought them in on one episode, but I think it was either a bad audio bonus, or it was one where the audio was just bad in general. Did we keep that as a bonus, or did we... I'm not sure. I think it was the bad audio bonus, so you might not have listened to this one, even though it was one of our better uh, episodes, so go back and check that one out. Um, but that was the last time we brought this in. And just pretend uh, two robots are doing that episode. Robot ball and robot yeah. Uh It's a new... Not a new. It's a now-defunct column archived on medium.com. Uh, and so basically, this is kind of one of those meta things where they take advice column questions from other advice columns and answer them themselves in the written form from December 5th, 2017. And so I'll go ahead and say that this is originally from uh, Caroline Hacks in the Washington Post. Uh, it is entitled Fiance or From Fiance. Here we go. I am engaged to a great guy with many wonderful qualities, and I'm looking forward to spending the rest of my life with him. But he is prejudiced against one specific race, which also happens to be the race of several of my ex-boyfriends. He works in law enforcement, so part of me wants to attribute the racism to the fact that he has seen this particular race do many horrible things that I haven't. This seems like a pretty trivial thing. We all have some sort of bias or prejudice, but it's getting to the point where I can't even talk about a member of this race in a work meeting, 
or about a work-related project without my fiancé turning it into a huge fight and accusing me of trying to be a liaison for all of blank race people. He doesn't think he's doing anything wrong, and I end up being the one to apologize and try to fix things even though I don't think I was the one doing anything wrong. The amount of time and energy we have spent arguing about this race is downright embarrassing. I know you can't change anyone, you can only change yourself, but short of moving to a commune in Massachusetts, I'm not sure what I can do. This seems like such a small thing to break up over, but it also seems like something I can't argue about for the rest of my life. From Fiancé. This, these people seem perfect for each other. She seems like an absolute moronic racist, too. She just is, like, literally <laughs> less dedicated to ruining her life than he is. In fact, because she does seem kind of racist, she seems completely okay with his racism. Except she's, like, annoyed by the impropriety of, like, how often he brings it up. I would encourage her to marry him because I want to ruin her life. That seems like the fun solution to me. Paul, you're saying that there's a 0% chance that these people are non-white and the racist, the race that he hates is white people, in which case it wouldn't be racism? <laughs> that would be one of the greatest twists of all time. I would love that. <laughs> it's so funny how obviously it's black people that she's trying yeah, to obfuscate that. <laughs> this is like uh, that article we brought in with Phil where it was like, I have family members from X political party or whatever, and it's like, oh, we know you're writing into the TED advice column. We know you're a liberal. <laughs> uh, there's really no other way to read this, despite them trying to redact it, that this is a white police officer who's racist against black people. Yeah, I know. And so she's funny. like, you know what? It's a trivial thing, but it's a little annoying. <laughs> she's like, what I don't appreciate about it is that he brings it up at dinner time. It's like, sure, bring it up like when I ask you how your day is when you first walk through the door, but let's like a little bit deeper for dinner you know what i mean mm. um yeah what i would advise her to do is to marry this guy she deserves him <sighs> damn oh my god it is insane that she just Wait, constantly no, no, reiterates no. Well, okay again i'm obviously this is uh this is you know i have a black friend territory but the fact that she's okay with the way her husband behaves even though part of it is that many of her ex-boyfriends have also been black <laughs> it, it's just it's mind-boggling i also love the whole like i'm sure he's seen a lot of people act bad who are of this race and oh it's like, my god you've dated black people is what you mentioned and so you have first date experience that <laughs> like they're probably good people why would you date people you think are bad people like what is your implication here well, do you she think finds the good ones dated? or it's one of those things where she's like i can change him she said that about every single black boyfriend she had <laughs> oh she I was dating shitty people she was like <laughs> Oh my god. What a bitch. Oh, is that why you brought this in? Because I got 99 problems, but this bitch is also one. She sucks. She and her shitty-ass bitch boyfriend who's a cop. He's also mad about the fact that she has work meetings with black people. It's a real extreme amount of racism, but it's the kind you only find in a cop, I suppose. Do you think there's a chance that they aren't white? No. Um, well, actually, sure, yeah. They might be, like, Hispanic, or they might be... Uh, Arab, I guess. Our two races are really the betrayal races. Uh, well, <laughs> I would say Asian is the proximity to whiteness. Uh, True. Um, if we've learned anything from the modern youth, if she needs to break up with him, she should just tell him that there's like a school shooter in the house and he'll <laughs> run away as fast as he possibly can. Oh no! Oh, spooky! <laughs> he'll be he'll be down the block and around the corner. Oh god. 
This seems like a pretty trivial thing. We all have some sort of bias or prejudice. I feel like, so there's some amount of pre-planning I'd have to do to bring this story in. So I don't think I can. This is going to be off pod. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where like, maybe we can cut from here. Part of the uh, reckoning that people had like during their pandemic uh, reading books and stuff like that from after uh, George Floyd's death. Oh yeah, because of like white fragility is. Yeah, a big part of that was. We're all racist, so it's actually okay to be racist because we're all racist. (laughs) But it is just that initial thing where, like, they really got into that sticking place of, like, well, everybody's racist. And it's like, yeah, we get that step one. You gotta get, you gotta get to the next steps. You gotta get a little bit further than that in in analyzing whatever this next thing that we're talking about is. Cause yeah, otherwise you end up like this woman who's like, well, He's racist, but like we're all a little bit biased or prejudiced. But I mean, whatever I think that is the use. point of Robin DiAngelo's book because she has a section in it that's like I've made people uncomfortable about race, and mm. I learned and grew. That's what makes me a good person. And it's like, why don't you just not make people uncomfortable? But anyway, this cop, his problem is that he's seen on the job. He's seen too many of whichever potential wild... Whatever it could be. Whatever potential race this could be. We don't know. We clearly maybe don't it's, know. Maybe it's Balkan people. Probably. Probably. He probably works I in France in the race. movie Taken. And so it's it's Albanian people he mm-hmm. really takes issue with. So then you need to give him good experiences with those people. That's exactly what I was going to say. Good experiences. Yep. So maybe you could have like a... Like, maybe you could steal his wallet and give it to one of the people from that race and have them return it to the house. Like, hey, I found your wallet. I saw your ID. Found out where you lived. Here you go. Good experience. Bam. Checklist. Yeah, yeah. But not only that, but he's like, he looks into it and he's like, there's more money in there than when I lost it. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I figured, you know, you only had like 10 bucks in there. I thought you might need some extra cash for parking or something. Well, I bought some lottery tickets on the way here and put the winnings in. (laughs) No, no, no. Lottery tickets are bad. You don't want him to think that he's buying lottery tickets. Oh, okay. Those are bad. Um, I bought bonds and stocks. I, I just stocks got the, uh, the, way the interest here, back from my, <laughs> from my stock portfolio. <laughs> you know what? I'm starting to think maybe you don't want to marry this. Like, I think there's a questionnaire because maybe she doesn't want to marry this guy. Does she ever want to have a pet dog in the future? Can't have a pet dog with a cop. It's going to get shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's pros and cons you got to balance. Yeah, like, what if, like, one of the things that you kind of have is one of your deal breakers is you don't want to be abused by your husband, Well, Yeah, exactly. If, you, if you're if you not okay with being physically abused, don't marry him. Wouldn't recommend it? I mean, just statistically speaking, there's a 60% chance he will be. So, just keep that in mind. What, what else could you do in terms of the uh, trying to make him see black people in a better light? Sign him up for a big brother program? Where he's the big brother or the little brother? The little brother. <laughs> Mm. you should uh let him listen to hobson that way he knows that there are black people who really spread the message that you know the gang stuff you know people glorify it but man you don't want that Ooh, maybe you could freaky friday him is there any way for her to make him live a day in a black man's shoes or uh fortune cookie or how do they do it in the Lindsay lohan freaky friday you're right they are at an asian restaurant but is it like electricity what happens is it a fortune cookie Okay, that's going to be hard to set up, because maybe he doesn't like Asian food. Who doesn't love chicken fried rice? I think he gets most of his calories from donuts and coffee. From buffalo chicken wings. Buffalo chicken wings. Um, I think, uh, I think we should do is really, like, subliminally implant the idea of him, what it would, what it would be like if he was black. 
That way, right before he goes to bed, he says, I wonder what it would be like if I was black, if I was black, if I was black, if I was black. <laughs> and then he Get wakes a up a tape recorder and just like have it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask is you that, a question? Is that the I, South Park bit or is the bit that you also have to be like injured or something like in the head? <laughs> I think the South Park bit is that he keeps hitting himself on the head on purpose. But I wanted to ask you, I know we're reading Ask a Bat, not, is it Ask a Badass or Bad Advice? No, this call? is just a Bad Advisor. I know we're reading Bad Advisor's answer, but what did they source this from? What was the original call? Caroline Hacks. Okay. Caroline Hacks. Yeah. Who's Caroline Hacks is a Washington Post person. Who's She's a Wapo. Uh, actually, I guess that's more likely. New York Times has like the liberal readers, but Washington Post it's more conservative, but you it, you wouldn't think that it would just have out and out racists like this writing in. I tried to click on the original answer and it's behind a paywall, so thanks, Bezos. All right, you hear this answer? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Dear fiance, Ugh, it is always such a drag when a little wholesale virulent racism gets in the way of your dream wedding to a huge obsessive racist. You're just over here madly in love with an amazing man who believes that an entire race of people are fundamentally inferior to other humans, just trying to live your life like anybody who would rather not be mildly inconvenienced by the unabashed, rampant bigotry of their loved ones. And this piddly little matter of your dear fiancé's unchecked hatred rears its tiny, silly little head. What an awful position you're in. Imagine the potential outcome of staying together forever with this awesome dude who can't abide the mention of an entire race of people without berating you at length for acknowledging their existence. You might have to discuss it further. Nothing on earth could possibly be worse than having to occasionally talk about racial prejudice with a police officer who lives to deride and attack those he has sworn to serve. Yep, that is 100% for sure the worst possible thing about a racist cop, is that people who affirmatively choose to bone him for eternity might have to listen to his bullshit, a terrible and unthinkable consequence that would be the most ghastly thing a human being on Earth could ever go through. And really, why should you break up over something as inconsequential as the vile and repulsive beliefs that occupy your racist partner's thoughts, both at work and at home, making up a core aspect of his racist personality? We all have flaws. Some people chew with their mouths open, others tell the same stories over and over. God, shout out to our podcast. And some of us... Like the man you dream of spending the rest of your life with are odious, repugnant racists who live to espouse and rehash their foul ideologies day in and day out. Your future husband probably puts up with your quirks. You probably leave your socks under the coffee table or forget to pick up kitty litter on occasion. So try to be a little bit more understanding with your fiancé who is regularly armed with a deadly weapon and encouraged to use it with almost indiscriminate power. Repeatedly reiterates his deep and abiding hatred for people based on the color of their skin. You needn't move to a commune in Massachusetts to give yourself the gift of ceasing to pretend like you care. That was funny. I just realized that I totally glanced over the fact that commune in Massachusetts made it 100% this person's white. That really removed any doubt in my mind <laughs> that their exit plan was like, well, aside from going to a commune in Massachusetts, like what black person is going to be like, you know what my exit strategy is? Commune in Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. That is funny. That person knocked it out of the park. Shout out to bad advice. In fact, I would say that was great advice. It sucks that uh, that person's never going to read that answer, because I don't know what Caroline Hack said, but... Oh, boy, you probably shouldn't marry him, because it's going to be impolite when he, you bring him home to the in-laws. I'm joking. She's probably... She probably chewed her out, too. I First thing I'll do when I finish this column is send my forehead some flowers. If thinking you're superior by birth to an entire group of humans is trivial, then what exactly is significant? 
Does your race ex-boyfriends also wave off racism as such a small thing too, since they have lost out on jobs for being race or have been the butt of dehumanizing jokes or have been looking looked down upon as less worthy and less uh, da 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 harsher punishment or pulled over and interrogated? Would you admit to them to their faces that things you register as trivial because uh to you that don't actually affect you personally? So I don't know if it's ridiculous of me, and even bad advice columns, more sim- not sympathetic for you, but more intensely negative tone of voice. I think one of the things they forgot about, or not forgot about, but one about one of the things that I feel like is a difference between me and those two other answers is they both seem to buy the concept that this is like a her being a neutral person. Mm. with a bad person sort of issue like how can you not see how clearly you shouldn't be with this person i don't know if i buy that concept she like if she's at this level of questioning i'm uh, and saying things like it's really not that big of an issue this is just like such, it, such a small personality it's the thing. arguing that's the issue yeah I'm, I'm gonna say she's an equally as bad a person it's really like not a it's not a question of like educating her i I don't really have i don't know whatever there's like a comedy podcast we don't need to like reprimand the person but it's just like hilarious how they both kind of agreed with her concept of she's a bystander in this situation instead of an actively like malignant presence yeah i feel you all right you ready for a third segment jay-z i've noticed always tells the media that his name What's Jay-Z's real name? Sean Carter? Or am I thinking of someone else? Is that P. Diddy? Um, Sean. Why are there so many rappers named Sean? Big Sean, Little Sean, Extra Sean, Day Sean, Sean Sean the John. Um, okay. So Jay-Z always tells the media that his name was originally based off of the intersection of the J and Z train in the famous New York metro system. A lot of people pointed out that no intersection between those two trains, the J and the Z train, never meet anywhere. And also that his name prior to Jay-Z was Jazzy. Mm. And it's pretty clear that he's embarrassed by the fact that he used to have a cornier name. He's created a fake origin story to make his name sound more like uh, connected to his neighborhood, connected to the city of New York, and a little bit more cool and... To, to, to give himself this, like I said, he really likes to build his image off of just saying things, you know? Like, he, he asserts that his early albums were classics and just kept doing that until other people sort of agreed with him. And it seems like with his name, he's just kind of hoping, like, I can just keep saying this. People will eventually be like, yeah, he's from, like, you know, he's he's a real New York guy. I'm sure that's true. Oh, and here's another thing. Known as Jazzy around the neighborhood, he later adopted—this is from Wikipedia— Known as Jazzy around the neighborhood, he later adopted his stage name Jay-Z in homage to his mentor, Jazz O. There you go. That's according to Wikipedia. I've heard him in interviews claim it's based off the J and Z train. And I always thought it was based off Jazzy, but now Wikipedia is telling me something about Jazz O. So it's it's muddled. At least the early history, if, if, if anything, muddled. So that got me thinking, what are some other rappers with stage names and what are the origin stories? behind their stage name yeah because i had always heard that it was because he used to smoke joints uh while sleeping and so they call him jay-z <laughs> all right adrian 
the origin of Tupac Shakur's name. Shakur. That's just his last name, right? That's just his last name. Do you think there was any chance he was getting into politics and he opened up a super PAC and it was the Tupac? It was a two for one deal. <laughs> I'm going to assume it stands for two, two packs, two pack a day smoker. Ooh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Black and Miles. So that's only four Black and Miles. He's a smoker. Because He's a joker. Each pack has two of them in there, right? Or am I thinking of a different cigarella? No, you got it. He's a midnight toker. Oh, by the way, all of these are sor- are sourced from Ranker.com. And Tupac is named after scrolling down. The name came from Tupac Amaru II, an 18th century Incan revolutionary who led an uprising against Spanish colonizers in Peru. That's hard. Oh, are you offended that he's appropriating cultural your culture? appropriation? Yeah, well, not my culture, but <laughs> I'm not Peruvian. Oh, you're Mayan. I'm Ajinka. Uh, Ajinka. Ooh, interesting. That's cool, though. Yeah, that's hard. Snoop Dogg. So I know Snoop comes from when he was Snoop Lion, um, and then he changed it to Snoop Dogg. D O double G. I heard he was a peeping Tom early in his career, and he would snoop through the neighborhoods on all fours to look through people's window. So that's I thought he I thought he Snoop was Dog. everyone always said that the way that he would um sleep on top of roofs looked like uh Snoopy from <laughs> Charlie Brown. And he had the big dog ears. came from the fact that, that yeah, he was a dirty dog. <laughs> the damn dirty dog. <laughs> What's his real name? It's something Brodus, right? Calvin 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 Brodus Cordoza Brodus Jr. Yeah. That sounds so regal. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure he's as equally detached from the uh, from the British royal family as uh, Poppy was. Calvin Cordoza Brodus Jr. I think dog just comes from like how popular that is as a as a nickname. Oh, I really it's think Snoop. it's just the Charlie Brown thing. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. You really think it's just Snoopy Dog? I think he's just Snoop Dog from Charlie Brown. Okay. I, I was being a, a little dirty dog earlier. Ruff, ruff, ruff. Uh, he grew up watching Charlie Brown. Snoop's favorite character on the show was Snoopy, and his mom told him that he started to look like Snoopy because he watched the show so much. That doesn't make any sense. That's not how things work. <laughs> you know what? A lot of people say that about old couples, too, right? Like, that they look like each other after a while. It doesn't make any sense, but it's kind of true. I think it might be, like, a facial expression thing. Yeah. Snoop Dogg often does that thing where he does, like, the crying really, like, dramatic while, like, <laughs> the real dramatic thing that Snoopy does. Hey, and don't even get me started on those stink lines that are following him around everywhere. Stinky! <laughs> Notorious B.I.G. So he was a really big fan of the Supreme Court, and everybody knows they have the Notorious R.B.G. And so he was like, you know what, I, I could steal that. I could take that. You know Hoodie Allen? You know, uh, who else has a name like that? Uh, he was like, I could take Notorious B.I.G. Oh, Woody Allen was based off Hoodie Allen. I never made that connection. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Nipsey Hussle? Wait, is Nipsey Hussle a pun? I never actually got that. Are you about to teach me about something? What are you talking about? The, the actor from the 40s, Nipsey Russell, was based off of Nipsey Hussle. <laughs> Wait, there was an actor called Nipsey Russell? <laughs> Wait, AJ, we're gonna stop the bit. Cut cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. We're stopping this bit. I did yeah. not know Nipsey Hustle was based off an actor. Oh, you thought he just picked the name Nipsey? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what was up, man. Sometimes you don't question it. <laughs> Sometimes you don't think about it. You know what are you gonna do? I mean, is this gonna be anything other than notorious just as like a cool word, like I'm famous for bad reasons and big because he's like a big boy? 
Well, I thought it was with... And then the actual name, B-I-G. Yeah. I thought it was an acronym of sorts. Well, I always saw it as an acronym, but is that like his first name? Like his first name is like Bruce, middle name I, last name G, or is it... Yeah, his last name is G, his middle name is I, (laughs) his first name's Bruce. (laughs) Bruce Indigo Joffrey. I'm gonna guess Brandon Isaiah Garland. Ooh, that makes sense. Okay, Christopher Wallace picked his rap moniker as an homage to Calvin Lockhart's character, Biggie Smalls, in the film Let's Do It Again. Alright, that makes sense. It doesn't actually explain in this little blurb why he puts the dots in between B.I.G. I just... I mean, it's just stylized. Yeah, okay. Wiz Khalifa. Oh, wait, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. The best rapper on Dreamville. Mm. Raps very fast. J.I.D.? He says his own name is Jid. So everyone calls him J.I.D., but in one of his own songs, he calls himself Jid, and I just assume that's how you're supposed to say it. Hmm. Okay, Jid. Sure. But no, but everyone says J.I.D., like as if that's the way you're supposed to say it. I, I thought about that when you were is saying Vegas. Is this the time to tell the audience about the story of the one time you told your co-worker, Roy, that your favorite rapper from... Was RZA. RZA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, uh, Dorlian... Okay, this is such a long, convoluted story. Phil and I had an inside joke. That kind of had a thing where he did like a W with our fingers, and Dorley took that and decided to co-opt it and made it into Wu-Tang Clan. So our thing at Trader Joe's was we were in the Wu-Tang Club, and we'd always like throw a W at each other. And so people would think that I was really into Wu-Tang. And so at one point, my friend Mick asked me who my favorite- no, 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 you're right, you're right. Roy asked me who my favorite member of it was of Wu-Tang was, and I was like, RZA, I guess? I know he's in it. <laughs> And then at one point, my friend Mick asked me, like, who my favorite rapper in uh, Wu-Tang was. And I was like, I guess RZA. And he was like, oh, yeah, you really are more of a production dude than a rapper, dude. And I was like, I guess so, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't listened to 36 Chambers. (laughs) Okay, so Wiz Khalifa. Oh, right. Okay, Wiz Khalifa. Khalifa comes from his favorite porn star. Oh, I was going to say he was a Wiz kid because at only the age of 12, he he slept with Mia Khalifa. (laughs) (laughs) So he named himself Wiz Khalifa. (laughs) Uh, I think Wiz comes from probably like about like yeah being like a child genius or something. I think Khalifa comes from his famous favorite uh, Lebanese I don't porn th- star. I don't think she was famous when he came up with that name. That might be from something else. Khalifa might just be his real last name. Ooh, it could be. What, what, maybe his first name is like William, and he went by Will, and then like just Wiz, I don't know something like Wiz that. Wiz I am. Wiz I am. He really he really liked Cheese Wiz as a kid, and his mom was like, "If you keep eating that Cheese Wiz, you're gonna look like Cheese Wiz." <laughs> <laughs> are you happy with that voice you just did <laughs> are we leaving yeah. that <laughs> yeah yeah you do that okay Wiz Khalifa born Cameron you know Triple- I know Wiz Khalifa's mom that's like a one-on-one impression <laughs> that's like a perfect impression of it this is gonna be one of those things where he's like I I would like to say it was racist but it sounded just like her <laughs> <laughs> Wiz Khalifa born Cameron Jabril Thomas with a Z got inspiration from his uncle's stage name his uncle used the name Knowledge. While they were rapping in a group together, he wanted a name that was similar to his, so he chose Wisdom. His uncle, who's Muslim, also added Khalifa, meaning successor in Arabic, to the end of his name. He went by Wisdom Khalifa when he was younger and decided to drop dumb when he turned 15. Hey, he did drop dumb, didn't he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's another one where it just always makes me laugh, the idea of any... like. It's like that stupid meme of, like, Lil Pump stands for, like, Littleton Pumpernickel or whatever. Just, like, anytime there's, like, a, no, 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 Wiz Khalifa's what my friends call me, but I'm technically Wisdom Khalifa. <laughs> that, that just never fails to get a chuckle out of me. I, yeah, and you just, 
appropriated Arab culture just named himself Khalifa. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's a Muslim thing. Is that what they said it was? No, uh, Mia Khalifa is definitely Christian Lebanese. She comes very close from my. <laughs> did I never tell you the story of my mom? That your mom's knows? a big defender of her. <laughs> yeah, she's a big defender. Like she comes from the town right next to us, and she knows all the people who know her. And she's just like, they were very mean to that girl. They should have been nice. <laughs> no, I thought I thought the uh, reason that his uh, uncle added it was because they were Muslim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, successor in Arabic. Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent used to spend all of his time at the arcade. That feels like it could be true. Not gonna lie to you. I don't see Curtis Jones spending his time at the uh, arcade. That feels like, I, really, you, you don't see him being really good at Donkey Kong? I think he could have killed it. I think he had the high score. No, because he's one of those people where, like, he's so muscular, it almost feels like their dexterity is, like, low, where, like, they can't really, like, I don't know. <laughs> it feels like he can't really get his arms all the way down to grab the joysticks. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. angle to his chest. That's kind of what I feel like, yeah. Yeah, well, that was the price of his favorite snack, a pack of Gushers in a Sunny D from the corner store. Hey, yo, 50 Cent is so old, that's the price of Arizona tea back in his day, you know what I mean? Um, okay, okay, okay. Curtis James Jackson III was inspired Curtis by- Curtis Jackson, not Curtis Jones. Curtis James Jackson III was inspired by Kelvin 50 Cent Martin, a famous American- Oh, so he just named after somebody else. He was an American robber who grew up in the Bronx. He picked his name because he shares the same mentality with Martin, who said to rob anyone, who was said to rob anyone, even if he only had 50 cents. Oh, damn. The weekend. And remember, stylized without an E-N-D, just weak N-D. Abel? That's his real name. Oh, yeah, that is true, right? Because he has an album called Abel, I want to say, or? No, he has the album where he talks about his philosophy called ableism. Oh, he's the one who came up with that? <laughs> yeah, dude. Can you believe that? And I said I don't learn something new every day earlier. Do, 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 I don't believe in having elevators in buildings. <laughs> Ooh, I don't believe in ramps. <laughs> it's this for everybody who matters. That's off of ableism. <laughs> I can't feel my legs when I'm paraplegic, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> I put a mirror up to my right leg so it looks like I have a left so I don't suffer from ghost what, limb what, syndrome. What song is that that you're trying to parody? <laughs> My own. <laughs> I don't know any of his songs. What do you think? I'm listening to Starboy. The weekend's got hits, bro. Okay, okay, Adam Bliss. <laughs> I only call you when it's half price on my service plan because I live on a fixed income because I'm disabled. <laughs> <laughs> Oh the God. only time I ever call. <laughs> uh, so, I can does, make these jokes. I'm disabled. <laughs> does he go by the weekend because he likes the weekend? Is he like a Garfield type? But he hates Mondays. He hates Mondays. <laughs> Abel Tasfay's stage name came from the day he left home to seriously pursue his rap career. He dropped out of high school when he was 17, left home one weekend, and didn't come back. He had to change his name to The Weeknd instead of The Weeknd because of copyright problems with a band in Canada that already had the name with the E between K and N. Damn, look at them now. 
Just hoping to get that search engine optimization back to them. Queen Latifah. Well, she's a queen. Yeah, and she loves she loves her Arizona iced tea, so she's like, and she's P- Parisian, so she's like, la tea? Fuck, I love that shit. Oh, okay, that really took me a second to get, but I feel you now. <laughs> I think Latifah comes from an Incan warrior who fought against colonialists. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, Latifah. Paul. What? The the scale the scale of music or whatever la ti so fa la la ti oh, la that's ti fa. so cool never mind yeah. I'm switching back around Queen Latifah's a sweet ass name la ti fa do la, re mi la ti fa do a deer a female deer ray a drop of golden sun me a name I call myself far a long long way to run. So, a needle-pulling thread. Where is this coming from right now? I don't even know why I know this song. Queen Latifah created her stage name because she wanted women to feel like royalty. She wanted women to know that just because men spoke about women in a less than positive way, women didn't have to refer to themselves in that way. Latifah was a name given to her by one of her Muslim cousins. When she was eight, her cousin suggested that she should go by this name, which means kind in Arabic. You see- Did you not know that, Paul? No, in the Arabic I speak, Nameh would be kind. So Queen Nameh is not really... Actually, that's kind of like a kind of breed, too. What is up with, like, the Islamic Brotherhood going on? <laughs> Does everyone have a Muslim cousin? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a big part of hip-hop, my man. Mm. You see, Tifa... I, the, the closest thing I could think of in the, like, Levant Arabic I know, the very casual version of Levant Arabic I speak, would be, like... Kifa, which means how are you if you're speaking to a woman. Latifa. Latifa. Wait, how are you changes based on whether or not you're speaking to a man or a woman? Yeah. Damn, patriarchal language, I'll tell you what. Well, it's more like how is she versus how is he. It would be like, uh, uh speaking about it, Kifa would be like, how is she? Mm. Kifa would be how is he. Notice how Arabic much more can like. Did you notice how many less syllables I had to say to get across that idea? Just a more compact and uh, efficient language than yeah, which is why there are no Arab lyrical miracle spiritual rappers. <laughs> Tyler, comma the creator. His real name is Okin Okinama. What is it? Yeah, you got it. That's his last name. First name Tyler. That's pretty obvious. Oh, okay. I actually thought that that was his first name. Okay, so Tyler just comes from Tyler, and then the creator. For some reason, I know that did it was Earl Sweatshirt who before that used to go by like Sly something Sly Sly Tendencies Sly Tendencies, and yeah. I know they met on MySpace, and Earl Sweatshirt went by Sly Tendencies. Yeah, don't know if Tyler went by anything before Tyler the Creator. Hmm. It wasn't before he made his first Neopets account and started creating new characters that he decided, you know what, I am a creator. What's the original etymology for the name Tyler? I don't know. Hmm. It doesn't sound biblical. There's no, like, <laughs> there's no, like, King Solomon's son, Tyler. There's nothing in that lane, I don't think. What's the answer? His stage name came from MySpace. Tyler had three accounts, but the MySpace, but the MySpace page that became the most popular was his page with all of his drawings and beats on it. His name on this page was Tyler the Creator. Okay, he created stuff on MySpace, and his page that was for creating stuff was Tyler the Based on the timeline, I should have gotten that. Two Chains. Oh, he used to be Titty Boy. I know that. 
and he played basketball at like the college mm-hmm. level or had a scholarship for it. I feel like this is going to be as obvious as like he just wore two chains a lot and somebody called him that or like he wore two chains. But also, maybe because like he, Titty Boy was his original name. Do you remember when when you were do you remember this this might have been more a neighborhood thing. You seen this? You heard about this? You seen this? You heard about this? Do you remember when people would sing that song like "Do your chain hang low? Do it wobble to the wobble floor?" But then the, the dirty floor. version was "Do your titties hang low? Do they wobble to the floor? Do they?" No, I respect women, so I never sung that version. You don't remember that from elementary school? Maybe because he went by Titty Boy. He was like, "Oh, do your titties hang low? Oh, do your chains?" He just Titty Boy just. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what converted. you mean. Converted. Almost certainly. Now that you say it. All right. Let's read the answer. No, no, no. My guess? He had a Muslim cousin. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you said that, how, like, really intense, like, NOI guys say the word, not Muslim. You were like, Muslim. Muslim." Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. He had a Muslim cousin. (laughs) Uh, Titty Boy came from the fact that he was an only child and his mother breastfed him. What does only child have to do with that explanation? (laughs) I don't know, maybe she breastfed him too long because she didn't have to worry about the next kid. (laughs) (laughs) The rapper chose Two Chains because he always talks about jewelry, and many of his songs he would say Two Chains. It also signifies the second chance he was given after signing with Def Jam. So wait, literally the Two Chains came before actually his name? (laughs) It sounds like it. That's crazy. That's literally our joke from earlier, but like in real life... (laughs) Gucci made of this isn't based of Gucci. Did you know that DJ Khaled was named after the fact that he used to just say randomly (laughs) DJ Khaled in every song? (laughs) He used to be named Bob. (laughs) If Gucci made is not the brand of clothing and then just the Mm. word man said like elongated and was like a little bit of like slang. It's like a lion's mane. Some Georgia Atlanta twang to man. I'm gonna be shocked. So he's a really big fan of, like, just Italians in general. Like, he loved the Mario Bros. He loved uh, Versailles. And just like, oh, she. Versailles. Uh, is Versailles not? Oh, that's French. That's French. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's so much to pull from. There are a lot of famous Italians. Vermicelli. A <laughs> <laughs> paella. <laughs> we said at the same time um okay yeah i don't really i don't i don't know if i have anything funny to say about this one he's based off of armani is that a joke that's a joke my man even though gucci Mane has been known to rock gucci from head to toe this isn't the reason he picked gucci Mane as a stage what 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 gucci's grandmother named his father gucci and he decided to use this family name for his stage name nice paul if you named if you named yourself after your grandfather, what would your rap name be? Nothing interesting. Mine would be Blizzy Lightning McGee. <laughs> Nothing interesting. Nicki Minaj. Nicki had a Muslim cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and and Nikki is- her grandma was always like, you remind me of a Minaj. <laughs> a mirage and she was a dumb kid who misheard that she misheard it yeah it's like when it's like the etymology of so many words where it's like this is what it is in french and so people probably misheard it and misspoke it that's why <laughs> so yeah those like, dumb a black jawed locals in britain pronounce this french word like this 
holy shit, we're right. <laughs> Are we really? Yes, let's but go. It's, it's not because nobody called her Mirage because like of that. It's because that's her last name. So her name was Onika Tanya Mirage. And Onika just became Nikki, like short for Onika. And Mirage right. just became Minaj because it kind of sounds like Mirage, her last name. Wait, what? That's crazy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. That's so dope. So her last name is Mirage, and it was just close enough. We're the best. <laughs> That's so awesome. Waka Flocka Flame. So he heard the song, Waka Waka Ay Ay. Waka Waka Air. He was like, I'm a big fan of soccer. I mean, I don't even know if I have a joke. That's such a silly name, Waka Flocka Flame. He had a Muslim cousin. The Arabic word Flocka Flame was... That does sound like some Mickey Mouse bullshit, right? That's some Sesame Street shit to be Waka Flocka. Yeah, I don't know. He used to watch the Muppets with his cousin. <laughs> and that's where yes! Waka came from. His Let's cousin go. started to call him Waka from Fozzie's famous catchphrase, Waka Waka Waka. <laughs> At Gucci Mane's suggestion, he later added Flame to his name. Fetty Wap. Uh, well, he's got a wet-ass pussy. Oh, I don't think so, man. What? It came before that song. No, that song. He named himself after that song. <laughs> uh, I keep forgetting that they give these time machines to these rappers. <laughs> <laughs> Fetty Wap. Fetty, is that like, like, isn't that a word for money? Like, uh, uh, that fettuccine became like Fetty became, I don't know why fettuccine was money, but like. <laughs> I think it's probably based off his real name. Like his actual name is like, uh, Fetalonius. I was right about the first thing. Fetty is short for fettuccine, which meant that he always had money on him. He added WAP in homage to Gucci Mane. Why is Gucci Mane coming up with everybody's rap Damn. name? <laughs> now that's a legacy. That's influence. Oh my god. Lupe Fiasco. I think Fiasco has to just be a word they chose because they thought it sounded cool. Lupe is one of my cousin's names. Ooh. So he named himself after one of my cousins? <laughs> that makes sense. Lupe is a female name, right? Yeah, Lupita. Do you think he had a? Do you think he had a Hispanic maid who, like, he always like after a big show, he would cause a fiasco, and he'd be like, "Ah, Lupe will take care of the fiasco." Slowly took out, take care of. Yeah, I think so. He had your cousin <laughs> clean up. <laughs> yeah, from Lupe Fiasco was born with the name Wasala Muhammad Jacko. That's a hard name. He was called Lou for short, but at a but a high school friend named Guadalupe gave him the idea to change his name from Lou to Lupe. He had a fiasco after listening to the Nas song, Firm Fiasco. We're honestly getting oddly close with our jokes. <laughs> we're doing pretty well, man. I, I know we didn't like set a score and this isn't a quiz, but we're doing all right. Uh, and our final one, Dejloaf. Shout out to Detroit. Also probably the least famous person we've had on the list so far to end it off. Oh, yeah. By far. Uh they they used to like you know how sometimes you see somebody something gross they they always used to take two pieces of white bread from a loaf and they would put Dijon so they were like that's that's a Dijon loaf and they slowly dropped the on. I think I have no guess for this one, but I'm gonna guess it's religiously based based on like the forty loaves and fishes or something like that. And then Dej is just another way to like say DJ or something. I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say Dej. Oh, do you think DJ? I was gonna say that sounds like it's gonna be short for a name like Deja uh, vu. Deja, it's like short for something that starts with those that uh sound. 
Dej is a shorthand version of Dej Loaf's name, Deja Trimble. Loaf was added to her name because she only wore loafers growing up. Damn. Uh, that's a, we are honestly that's about as ridiculous as a loaf of bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should, probably should have gotten that to be honest. If she was like a Dej Yeezuses or whatever, <laughs> I would have gotten that. <laughs> Dej Crocs. <laughs> Dej Crocs. Yeah, that's hard. She got the gibbets and everything. Are the gibbets the little pins that are made? Yeah. For you? Okay. <laughs> to fill your crock holes. <laughs> Why does that sound so nasty? Fill your damn crock holes. So fill my crock hole, baby. <laughs> All right. Big facts and new cap. Let's get out of here. Big fact. If you got 99 problems, man, you got to make a list. That'll help you get through those problems. Yeah. Like you, you want to bring it down to almost zero. So be productive. Make your list. On paper, this stuff always works better on paper. Don't do like a digital thing or like an app that helps you make lists. And start physically checking them off. Seeing yourself cross through the list will give you a sense of accomplishment that will create momentum and help you work through the whole list. Uh, My no cap is uh, you don't want zero problems, big fella. And here's our outro song. Try to stop me, it's gonna be some dreadhead niggas in your lobby.